0: got a bad bitch on me what what got a bad bitch on me she d t f she tell me she d t f i heard she, she. What? And you ain't hanging with the team if you ain't down to fuck. Okay. Well, Welcome bad. to DTF,
1: this is the Daryl Timory Fun Hour It is the greatest sex education, comedy, sometimes game show, sometimes podcast in the known universe Hi, I'm your uh, resident sexuality educator, Dr. Timmery
0: And I'm Daryl Charles and yeah, we are back. Hello. Oh yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the comedian. It's true. Yeah, right. I, 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 all the time, um, because I decided to uh, take a nice vocation and turn it into a career. And boy, mm, boy, uh, nothing's free in this country. Nothing's nothing, free.
1: Nothing quite like turning the thing you love into the way you pay your rent.
0: Nothing is free baby Nothing nothing. Um, But yeah uh, we are here To uh, unpack the world Of uh, putting things in people And making them happy with it uh, Before during and after The thing's been put in and taken out Or uh, rubbed on or slapped
1: What we're saying is There's no correct way (laughs) There's (laughs) no correct way There's
0: no specific way As long as you enjoy it uh, Before during and after and everyone's then, on board. Yeah, as long as everybody is cool. But if if you could meet them and shake their hand later, um, you know, at least wave high if you're that's worried nice. about the virus.
1: Yeah, that's nice. They're yeah, wave at each other. Yeah, you know, it's like one, one of those ball. things where
0: it's like you, if you haven't, if um, you shouldn't trust people who don't have good relationships with their exes because
1: mm.
0: they don't know how to disembark from a relationship.
1: Yeah yeah that's you know, like obviously there are exceptions to that, like definitely everybody has like one or two or whatever that like sure. that didn't go well, or it's definitely that person being a dick, and we needed to right draw back for my safety,
0: I don't talk to these people or some shit like that, right yeah, it's different, but yeah but the
1: but the nice thing about being an adult <laughs> is that you know you can have honest conversations about your needs and wants and fears and hopes. And then, if it turns out those things are incompatible with another person, it doesn't mean that the other person needs to necessarily go fuck themselves.
0: Right, right. It, <gasps> you, you can you can say, you know what? It's probably better if we don't if I don't involve you in this part of my life because what I need in that area doesn't seem to be something you're providing. And people just can be like, you know what? That's a good point. Um, mm-hmm. I'll talk to you next week, and it won't be anything about uh, genitals. <laughs> And, you know, I, you would hope that that'd be the way. Um, yeah, at least. Uh, See you uh, at the mm.
1: family reunion.
0: Yeah, right. Well,
1: oof.
0: <laughs> oof. All right, uh, well, yeah. making it weird. I'm about to say, <laughs> talk about making it weird. Remember, I did uh, for one of our We're Here to Helps during back in the before times during the live show, I did uh, We're Here to Help on incest. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, more about the nuance of um, having sex with one's cousin uh, as opposed to a a direct blood relative, like a sibling. Um, But as I was talking about it and just kind of making fun of like, here are the actual laws and rules around it. Um, I believe you and one of our guests uh, definitely made sure to mention that this could be a triggering thing for some people. Because oftentimes uh, those kinds of relationships uh, have a power dynamic that's exploited. And I was like, uh, that is that I totally that was a complete blind spot for me. Um, uh, Yeah, Yeah,
1: it's a it's an interesting thing because it's like it's it's something about which people have very strong feelings. Rarely do we talk about it with a sober tone of. Uh, facts based so what we're gonna get a lot of in these conversations is either like it's the most searched for porn thing in in many of the recent years so there's that element of it and then you can have either this very like eroticized idea because it's taboo or you can have this very alarmist idea about porn because of that you can also go the route of talking about the Habsburgs and how everybody's gonna get really ugly faces if they just keep banging their own family you can go real serious and talk about the very real problem of, of childhood sexual abuse, yeah. and you can which also mo- talk for which is most
0: a... likely to happen from a close relative or yeah. familial acquaintance, yeah. um, than from a stranger. Absolutely. Yeah. And then
1: on, and then on another side of it, we have to talk about like cultural relativism and the right. fact that, like in America, we associate um, having. Cousin marriage with basically being like, well, I guess I would say like probably hillbilly would be like the term. Appalachian,
0: I believe, is the uh, correct term. I guess. <laughs> but,
1: but then there's a lot of places around the world where that is still a normalized. Totally thing. fine. And, and by
0: places in the world, we mean some of the states in the union. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. When yeah. when uh, when the the case went to the Supreme Court uh, of, of Edith Windsor that ultimately meant same-sex marriage was legalized across the U.S. There were more states in which first-cousin marriage was legal than same-sex marriage. So, yeah, yeah, this is not just a other places kind of idea. It's just that there is, again, a a cultural relativism of of what is normal because, like, yeah, you probably shouldn't exclusively stay in your family, Habsburgs.
0: um,
1: But also, it's not... It's not the same thing for, like, one generation to do that and then start mixing it up after that. Right, <laughs> like, yeah. That's yeah. a little different.
0: If you're caught in a... um, Oh, what's the name of that movie? Alive? Was that the name of that movie? Um, Tell me. Yeah. That. The movie about the soccer team that, like, got... Str- <gasps> uh, they crash-landed in the, in the mountains and they had to yeah. uh, resort to eating each other. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, if you're in one of those situations and you feel you need to procreate fine (laughs) it's a nice little family like you're on your way to a family vacation and everybody's wearing matching shirts and boom uh you know uh there's a there's an accident you're on an island or perhaps a mountain and it's tough living and you got to figure out something until help comes nobody brought a volleyball uh so (laughs) you just have to deal with each other and after a while you're like, look. My biological clock is ticking. I need to I need to spit something out. All the tear my cousins. Hey, you know, find the one that gave the longest hug and, and make it happen. However, wow, once that child is born, you should do what you can to dissuade that child from entering into the same situation, because that's when recessive genes uh, tend to show up.
1: And then you're going to end up losing your, your vast empire.
0: Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll spend a lot more money on uh, either medicine or asylums. Um, either way.
1: You know, that's a really interesting thing that you, you bring up, uh, having kids while in, in the context of survival. I think that's a fantastic segue <laughs> to our first regular segment, The Fucking News. News. about yeah. fucking it's true mm-hmm. it's true so our first story is um, it's you know sometimes you just have to do those, those those studies that just prove the thing that everybody already knew mm-hmm. and I think that like uh, this is an example of that uh, there is a pretty research heavy piece that was recently published in the New York Times about why Americans are delaying motherhood and having kids. Damn. It's a multifaceted thing and and there's so many different reasons for it but the the overall thing is that not only have uh people in their 20s been right. dramatically cutting down how how many kids are having people in their 30s or 40s it was going up a little bit uh but not nearly enough to make up for it. And it started out as a thing where it was like major metro areas were having fewer kids and later, yeah. and now it's spreading across the entire U.S. that just yeah. birth rates in general are dropping. So there's and, a lot of reasons for that.
0: Yeah. And, and uh, this article, in addition to many people, like to uh, blame women um, by saying that, oh, it's the advent of the career-minded woman that uh, is the reason why they're choosing not to and not the fact... That uh, parenthood is fucking hard and Mm -hmm. it requires a lot. And this is a country that gives you barely anything uh, to raise a human being, Um, you know, and that might be what explains why it started in cities and started moving to other places Uh, because the yeah, because in cities is where things are more expensive. And nothing has gone down in price. America is not built that way. So everything is more expensive. And thanks to modern medicine and decent sexuality education provided probably by the internet, not by public schools, uh, people have the ability and the wherewithal to choose how to bring another life into this world that you are legally bound to uh, not destroy or harm.
1: <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a really practical thing to bring up. And the first one I think would be like just the active choice um, to choose how many kids you're having and when. Like, right. And and I I would like to start this out with like this isn't you know like you mentioned like people like to blame women, but I'm also just I'm sitting here thinking is it like a blame because blame implies that this is bad and i guess maybe the economy gives a shit if there's not young people to replace old people
0: i think there's definitely a part but i
1: personally don't think that there's a moral imperative for us to keep reproducing at at like an alarming rate and i I don't and I, i don't mean that in a way where it's like i know that a lot of the first world you know, industrialized nations will place this like onus on people in more developing countries and be like you're having too many kids but it's like we're the ones using all the resources in America right. you know yeah. so I don't it's not like that it's not like I think having children is a you know a moral failure if, if you're not wealthy or anything like that that's not at all mm-hmm. what I'm saying but mm-hmm. I don't think we have some sort of ethical responsibility to continue to breed like I think that we we're an advanced enough species that we have like microwaves and wi-fi we can choose yeah. whether or not we want to go through that with our bodies whether or not we want to commit to that level of responsibility and i don't think there's anything wrong with people actively being like you know what like it looks hard and not particularly my thing right like i'm just gonna not do it and i don't think that like careerism you know like is necessarily great either in a in a capitalist space, but like if you find a job you give a shit about and it gives you purpose and you you want to devote your energy to that and not into nurturing a small thing that may or may not like you back, like I get yeah. it. I don't give a shit. Don't do it then. That's fine. Right.
0: I think, <laughs> yeah, everyone's looking at how many uh, babies have fallen out of wombs, but I think the question should be how many babies are wanted by the parents before they're conceived Ah. and that is the big number that nobody wants to talk about you know it's like people were so against same sex couples adopting but once they did get adopted you find out that these people live great lives because they have parents who had to go through hoops to get them and as such they've had to prove to probable bigots that they are okay to raise a child and so they're gonna do the homework. They're gonna do the fine print to make sure that this person is grown in a in a well-adjusted home. Whereas mm-hmm. there are plenty of people who you know just don't like condoms, and now they got kids. <laughs> and yeah. you know it's like that is. You want to talk about caring about people? I think when you don't want to have kid and you if you when you don't want to have a child and you end up having one, that child is going to be more susceptible to many of the horrors of childhood, right? Because, you know, if you're, yeah, regardless of the reason, if you don't want the kid... it's gonna show up right like yeah yeah whether it's an economic hardship whether it's a i'm just not a nurturing person whether it's a i just never wanted one whether it was the only reason i kept it is because jesus said i would go to hell if i didn't like regardless of it that shit's gonna come out on a kid and uh i yeah i'm all for people planning parenthood (laughs) you see what i did there
1: yeah 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 (laughs) I think that's a really good point. Like there was a there was a person who was interviewed in this New York Times piece who specifically said she grew up in a family with like 10 kids and originally was like can't wait to be a mom, can't wait to have kids hmm. and then started working on career and now she's like I think she works in like dental hygiene field or something like that. And Medical was like I think, yeah. yeah, and then was like I'm going to escape the cycles of toxicity that come from not beginning to have the resources to take care of all of these things. And so she's like, yeah, I'll do it later when when I have my shit more together and like when right. I have the like the assets that enable me to to do this in the way that I think it, it is possible. And I, yeah. and and that's also a really big piece is like not only emotionally and mentally being prepared, but also I talked to a friend, a friend who's um, French about this, and she's like, I can't imagine having a child in America because it's like there's just no social safety net. There's yep. like it's so you you might as well have like an addiction to buying really fancy cars yep. for the way that it's going to impact your life. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be like maybe it brings you a lot of joy, but you're not going to be able to buy anything else.
0: And when you <laughs> complain to somebody about how little money you have because of this addiction to cars, they'll go, well, What the fuck, you sell the car? You'd <laughs> be like, I can't. What are we talking about? I love cars. This is my car. It's just, it's killing me to keep this car in tip-top shape. You should have bought a cheaper car. I, this is the metaphor is falling apart. But the, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like if there is no, if if um maternity leave is Ugh, yeah less than three weeks, and there is no like daycare, like schools don't start until kids are like five and daycares are horrifically expensive um you know and not subsidized by the government in any way or uh people have to move further and further away from family in order to get jobs all of those things mean that yeah the social safety net for having a child is is, couldn't catch whales like it's that loose And, of course, people are going to be like, I'm not having no kid. What are you, insane? So, it's the same thing. I was just having an argument in a bar with a cop. Um, She was off duty, and I felt reasonably safe. Um, Wow. Because she has been there a lot. (laughs) But uh, I was saying, like, you know, um, just talking about a child welfare thing that had happened or whatever. And I was like, yeah. That sucks. the The way to fix that, the way to stop crime like that, you know, the crime of leaving your kids alone in in your apartment while you go work, you know how you fix that? With social services, you give those kids a thing to do, uh, you know, something where they can be, you know, with other kids in the neighborhood, maybe, and learning skills and teamwork and stuff like that. Like you do that kind of stuff. You you make it easier to get your kids into that stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, Imagine. Imagine, yeah, right? I wish, like, this is going to go a little bit of a 90 degree, but it's also very directly related that, like, every time I argue with someone about abortion access, I'm like, okay, so you're standing outside of Planned Parenthood right now, whatever, you're like, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever. Have you spent the same amount of time or energy pushing for legislation for after school programs for... Uh, early you know kindergarten have you been doing this for universal health care have right. you been doing this for you know any anything that would benefit the, the children people. who will be born yep and there i have literally had this conversation of people like i don't see what that has to do with it and i'm like wow okay
0: it's it's a weird thing it's like yeah what what about when that person is born uh and you know they need things to do to be a well-adjusted person in society well that's the mom shouldn't have had it then so why are we standing here i agree with that point (laughs) yeah Yeah. I, i i agree with that point but what the... Yeah, you know, you can't have it both ways. And, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm one of those pinko commie liberal cucks. Uh, but I will say <laughs> that, like, yeah, the, the, way to, <laughs> the way to stop crime, the way to stop uh, the undesirables from having children is by making it easier to live.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If, if people could get jobs that pay a fair wage if people had the social safety net in place to where they could actually pursue their passions, right, in some way, um, if, if you could get a side job. And, you know, anyway, there, if, yeah. if it was easier to be an adult, I promise you people would have more children. But in America, we've, we've commodified every single part of it. And so it's all so much That I completely understand people being like, oh, why would I bring a child? Huh? Like, I I live in a one-bedroom apartment with eight adults. You really want me to have a child?
1: Yeah. And then also, like, the the impacts on someone's career are also very gender-based, depending. Definitely. um, You know, if you have kids? Like, men who are married and have children tend to be perceived as... People who should be promoted more I guess mm-hmm. And so it tends to impact their careers Positively um, People who identify as, as women and have kids uh, Are much more likely To be punished Because yeah. they take on the majority of the Child care responsibilities to And then and then are told basically like well, they're considered like kind of like, well, you're a little bit riskier of a hire. Right. Because we, you know You might, might need
0: you might need to go take care of your children. Um, so we're not gonna hire you, but we'll promote your husband.
1: Yeah. So yeah. that's also an element. And like you know, uh if you are if you are a person who does not wanna have to face that particular type of discrimination and you're kind of on the fence about having kids, it might be the thing that sends you one direction or the other. So Yeah, totally. Th- and there if, are definitely I mean, still people who would be Who would be stay at home parents too if it were financially possible there's so many different lives that people want to live not everybody wants to have a career either it's just that again all of this comes down to is it economically viable
0: yeah and it's like you want to talk about we don't have enough maternity leave please don't start asking people what their paternity leave policies are you know in in many of those nations that um, are not strict capitalists They uh, definitely give both parents like months off of work paid.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. I have so many friends that work for like European companies and then they get to like take off like months. And it's like, what? Just work for Spotify. That's awesome.
0: (laughs) Huh? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, you know, and, you know, the other good part about this whole thing uh, is that the most drastic numbers are women or people from ages 20 to 34 which is very young in the child well 34 is probably so but anyway in the 20s these are the early years of developing as a human being mm. and part of that development is going out and fucking a random <laughs> but it's also going to school right it's also yeah. assuring up that when you're in your 30s mm-hmm you are doing the thing that provides you joy and a purpose so you can be a well-functioning member of society those people yeah. shouldn't be having kids just because because of some mistake or because you know because they didn't plan it correctly
1: yeah I think it's I think it's really valuable and underrated to have parents. Um, who have life experience and interests and passions outside of parenting. Mm. And I know that like the pressure now is to be like this really intensive, like your whole life is wrapped around your kid and you know what they're doing every every second of every day. But like, I don't think that's necessarily developmentally the best route. I think it's really, really helpful to have role models who are people who have, you know, a variety of, friends and interests and and they spend their time doing things other than just work and parenting. Yeah. I think that's super helpful for kids because like as a kid myself um I remember seeing a lot of adults who I was like nope, nope, nope. And then I would meet an adult who lived an interesting life. They may or may not have had kids, but like they did stuff that I was like, "Oh, aspirations." Yeah, okay. I mean
0: that's the I yeah, like being a a, a parents parents are very important to a child, right? Or just authority figures because those are the proxies for adulthood. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Tyler Durden said, uh, uh, our dads are our are, are, are proxies for God. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't want us, doesn't that mean God doesn't? But th- that's a whole different tangent. But, <laughs> you know, it's, it's I think it's beneficial to be a child and see professional adults as your proxy for what adulthood looks like like i have interests and i have things that don't involve you and they're not all wrapped up in you i love you and it'll never stop but i also love me
1: because like there's there's a few times that i have seen what goes wrong when someone's entire life is wrapped up in rearing their kids um there's an example of like a show that i watched where they were like uh, this this woman basically lied to her kid and said that the world had ended and raised her as this like sort of survivalist in this post apocalyptic landscape. Hmm. And then the the daughter finds out that's not true, and the the mom is just like, "You're all I have." And the daughter's like, "Don't you think that's the problem?"
0: And then she got a show on Netflix called
1: <laughs> the
0: the in, indestructible Kimmy Schmidt. Is that a, oh, I mean, incredible. this was something
1: else. This was like. This was a British show that had uh Maisie Williams in it. Um, oh,
0: it was, Oh, I thought you yeah. were saying it was a real person.
1: Oh, no, no, no. But like but it's also literally a thing I've seen in the world where it's mm-hmm. just like if if somebody has invested their entire sense of self into their role as a parent. Yeah. Um, and then that child does not have a reciprocal level of just like oh, I want my my parent to be my best friend also. Mm-hmm. Like that can be a complicated and challenging and damaging dynamic to have because it's like it's not necessarily a repudiation of the parent, it's just that no. you have done good enough job that that kid wants to go be an independent adult, right? And that's good. Like, if you that's did your job you right, want. yeah, your this kid is a person who wants to leave the nest
0: and everything. But, yeah, yeah if you spend every hour helping them and, and wrapping your life up around them, you're writing their college essays, then yeah. You're, you you know,
1: that's a model for codependency. Yeah, right. So this I is a sex it, yeah. podcast
0: that's all about. <laughs> no, but this is a sex podcast. It's all about having the sex, and if something falls out because of it, I hope you meant to do it. There, there yeah. are plenty of reasons to mean to do it. Um, you don't need to have all your ducks in a row, right? But just recognize that having a mouth dependent on you means that all of your decisions. Are going to be harder or more complicated due to that new life and so yeah you know leave it on the stomach
1: well and also just like
0: and also time it if you're gonna of- do pull and pray <laughs> if you're gonna do a withdrawal oh. method please yeah. study the rhythm method and uh understand what ovulation means and when it occurs you don't have to necessarily get into uh, was it a like cervical mucus uh, thickness viscosity? But you can no, definitely no. get a calendar and figure out when is a good time to leave it apps. on your stomach.
1: Yeah. Many apps to track your ovulation. You don't many have apps. to be Catholic <laughs> to no. to track your ovulation. No.
0: Speaking of the Catholics, you can always, you know, with enough practice and patience and dedication, just do the butt. I
1: thought that was like more of a myth around mormon teens than about catholics
0: no 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 the catholics got the loophole the mormons soak
1: oh n- well okay so having been raised catholic i would not say that i ever heard anybody say the butthole was the loophole because that would have been like probably considered some form of like kinky ass shit because it's like sodomy oh sure so that would definitely be off because like okay. Catholicism's like oh no it's it's barely supposed to be fun you know like it's very specifically within marriage mm-hmm. and you're not even allowed to use contraception then yeah so. jesus is
0: in the room and he wants it meet to me uh, to um bring up a random tiktok that i saw
1: yeah well that seems like a good segue into our next regular segment damn right <laughs> fucking idiots fucking brilliance to
0: me (laughs) to (laughs) me
1: so I guess we should do idiot first so we get that out of the way Um, this is is taking over the whole entire internet as far as I am personally concerned Um, as of this recording this was a few days ago and uh, basically, what's funny about this is that this news came out of a much bigger article. Yeah. There was a piece in Variety that was all about how WandaVision and Harley Quinn and Umbrella Academy are all subverting ideas about superheroes, gender, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And it's like an interesting article in and of itself. But the thing that the internet latched onto yeah. and then memed into oblivion is. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is an interview with, with one of the creators of Harley Quinn Who said it's incredibly gratifying and free to be using characters that are always considered villains Because you just have so much more leeway, says Halpern A perfect example of that is in the, is in the third season of Harley Quinn We had a moment where Batman was going down on Catwoman And DC was like, you can't do that You absolutely cannot do that They're like, heroes don't do that so we said, "Are you saying heroes are just selfish lovers?" And they were like, "No, it's that we sell consumer toys for heroes. It's hard to sell a toy if Batman is also going down on someone, which is hilarious." <sighs> yeah, because if Batman was going down on Catwoman in an action figure, that would sell out immediately. Well,
0: uh, to the <laughs> to the adults in the room. Well, I think yeah. the the uh, you know uh, the just the semantic. Um WB, uh, Warner Brothers has not been good at semantics, uh, for forever. <laughs> but the semantic part of going down on a woman is something Batman doesn't do is what led to all of this harassment. <laughs> mm-hmm. And at this point, the volume of it, it it's harassment. But um, if they would have just said have sex, it's a different conversation. It's the same point but it's a different conversation. Like Batman does not enter into sexual situations with villains because he's a hero or whatever. Still doesn't fly with the, were you talking about a uh, billionaire playboy? Bruce Wayne doesn't like sex. You, you mean the dude that uh, had the Russian uh, ballet ballet canceled so he could um, take him on a yacht.
1: Yeah. He doesn't that dude's
0: fun. not getting no pussy for real. Okay. But still, they wanted to bring up cunnilingus. Um, which,
1: everything about it. Everything yeah. about it is hilarious. Because first of all, I mean, we still have this like residual cultural idea that it's like, I mean, I distinctly remember somebody in real life being like, yeah, I don't do that. I don't go down. And I was like. DJ enlightened
0: Khaled.
1: Yeah, there you go. Be
0: like, the best like, and not <laughs> eat <eating> ass. Yeah.
1: <laughs> And I definitely, like, understand the concept of nobody should have to do any sexual act that they don't want to do. Sure. So, yeah, like, if you say no, then that's the answer. Yeah. But then there's certainly an expectation and understanding that, like, you can see why you will not be able to request that from someone else who doesn't feel right uh, the interest in doing the same thing to you right like that's right. that's I think really the big takeaway it's like there's a gendered norm around that that's yeah. like whatever so I think the 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 fact that there's a cultural norm and like I remember a Sopranos episode about it where it's like somehow gay to go down on a woman which is hilarious it's, uh, it's like do you know what gay means
0: do you know how heterosexuality <laughs> works uh, yeah
1: because I guess it's pretty gay when like a woman goes down on a woman. It's pretty gay. Right, a little bit.
0: Gay. I'm sure. A little bit. Some it but, could uh, be considered that way.
1: But if if one of y'all is a man, and the other one's a woman. Um, yeah. I guess it's just how you identify, right? Like if you're if you both identify as gay, then, then sure, sure, it's you're gay, gay. right? <laughs> but gay. like,
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am uh, profoundly heteros- heterosexual. Um, I,
1: I painfully so.
0: I lament it at times. Um. <laughs> Well, because uh, I have friends who've offered me things. But um, I was so interested in vaginas, I couldn't wait to put my mouth on one. I couldn't wait to get close enough to it to look at the flaps. Like, I, I was just very excited about it, and I wanted to experience it in every way. It probably does go to say that uh, when I was far too young and had no idea how sex legitimately worked, uh, you know, um, literally worked, uh, uh, an uncle of mine had uh, cable illegally, and the best part about illegal cable is um, there's no restrictions on the channels. And so, um, yeah, one of the first sex scenes I saw um, was was a woman sitting on a dude's face and i was like oh you can do that yeah and then i got the tingles so you know maybe that was why i was so enamored uh with um the vulva and uh what it conceals um or and sometimes doesn't uh Um,
1: that's a good formative experience also also speaking of the tingles it makes me think of spider-man which makes me think of marvel which makes me think the juxtaposition of Marvel being like, look, Loki's bisexual and gender fluid, and some of the X-Men are in a poly, like, throuple triad situation. Yeah. And then DC is like, no oral sex.
0: Yeah. Again, these, <laughs> I mean, they just, they can't seem to get it right. Ugh, man. But, you know, but it's not like, I mean, listen, the... Uh, uh, old ideas of how life's supposed to be and the the bigoted systems that those ideas set up, Marvel is not immune to them. Uh, Just go look up, why does the Black Panther have a mask uh, on?
1: Uh, It's because
0: one of the higher ups at Marvel was like, I'm not putting a black man's face on the cover of a Marvel comic. And so they gave him a mask. So... Hey, these things are there. Uh, and yeah. and art definitely is one of those things that tends to try to buck those trends. Art is definitely one of those things to try to speak on the times. Um, so, yo, just let Batman eat some pussy. Like, <laughs> come on. Come on. Let him eat some pussy every once in a while. I'm not saying he got to be a monster. It, you know, don't put the cuffs on him first. But, hey you know
1: I think it's also been like just a delightful time for the internet just because you know in response to that just the the memes I got I got tagged and sent so many memes and I was just like this is great yeah. you know this isn't yeah. like sad terrible news about the state of the world this is right. delightful this is everybody making fun of DC right now and yeah. that it's, made me so happy it's, it's fun like, we it's were all in on a, a joke yeah,
0: yeah. It, 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 it's a funny thing. It's lighthearted. If anything, what has this conversation done but put Cunnilingus back into the national conversation? Which, As it belongs. You know, I haven't seen that since uh, that Hillary Swank movie that uh, had a fucking NC-17 uh, rating. Boys Don't Cry? I think so.
1: Wow, okay. I that think. was in the late 90s.
0: Yeah. Well I remember that movie uh this film is not yet rated it's like a documentary uh-huh, uh-huh. and they yeah. talked about how like the the whole movie is about how the MPAA the uh, Motion Picture Something Association Association
1: the, of America
0: Yeah Association of America right the that uh-huh. um was formed so that the government wouldn't step in and ban certain things the the, the rating system is uh not just archaic but tends to mirror a lot of the systems that we have in place in our country and so huh it's almost as if uh the people in power just want to stay that way and so they keep things anyway um the the, uh it was uh particularly female pleasure was highlighted Mm -hmm. as one of the things that they that people got notes on where it was like if there was a movie and you did show a male head going down on a femme body, what they said you needed to cut was the femme person looking like they were having a good time.
1: Like Blue Valentine specifically is an example of that. Uh, Ryan Gosling like raised holy hell. Ryan Gosling and, um, oh my God, Michelle Williams. Mm. Um, they were like, yeah, y'all want to cut out the cunnilingus part of this incredibly I'm sad happy. movie? am just happy. That um,
0: Michelle what... from Destiny's Child was able to do something <laughs> outside of...
1: <laughs> yeah, good for her. <laughs> good for her.
0: <laughs> she got Ryan Gosling then... to go down on her for fake? Hey, kudos.
1: And it's funny because, like, Zack Snyder waited on the whole mm-hmm. Batman thing, right? He made his his position known. And in a previous movie of his, Sucker Punch, there was a scene with John Hamm and whoever the main character is, I don't even remember anymore, where it was supposed to be like a sort of like seduction, sensual, like and consensual sort of interaction between what was probably still an underage girl. But it was like it was definitely they were vibing and it was a thing they both wanted to do. And in order to keep the rating down, they had to make it rapier where he was like coercive and she wasn't really into it by editing it in that way, they got a they got a lower safer rating that more people can see.
0: You see? So. And I'm shaking my head out here uh because yeah, then you wonder why how how is why is everybody doing this me too stuff? Because <laughs> the movies tell you that rape is better than than people being happy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if we don't normalize the idea of pleasure being valuable then what we think sex is is much more goal-oriented and that includes our ideas of masculinity being like steeped in your ability to have access to female bodies yep whether you know however you whether get they there. wanted
0: or not yeah playing the yeah. accuracy by volume game
1: uh-huh, just uh-huh.
0: Uh, completely misrepresenting yourself in order to get somewhere the 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 feeling that once you got it somehow tarnished that whole all of it all of it would it it would help all of it if we just showed women in movies enjoying sex can you imagine
1: you know I I think about how often movie sex scenes are basically just like she moves her robe to the side and then they're fucking right Mm -hmm. and it's like there was there was little to no genital play other than just putting the the p and the v kind of deal you know and how that has shaped so many people's ideas of what sex is supposed to look like and it's insane because it's just like if that's what it i mean that kind of happens in real life no doubt sure and i'm sure people you know have those kind of cookies and enjoy them and it's it's probably largely about just like man we have two minutes in this airplane bathroom but right. like in real life you know I have a, a lot of people I talk to who are like I require this to come and it makes me feel like I'm super high maintenance and it's like no that's normal it's just the things that are in movies are not normal
0: right, You're <laughs> right. yeah the movies are not a good approximation of real life and yeah regardless of what the real life looks like to you whatever it takes for you to come is exactly what it should take. As long as everybody involved wanted to be there and is happy about it before, during, and after.
1: It's our refrain for this episode. Yeah. Our theme is, is as long as everyone's happy to be here and also branding.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> Sell it correctly. Um, yeah. But yeah. So that's dumb. DC just, you know, do better, I guess. I don't know.
1: I mean, it's funny though because like DC is actually doing some interesting things with Harley Quinn. Like Harley Quinn is actually a delightful show, yeah. and there is queer representation in that. So and, much, uh, but
0: they also have a shark who eats people in uh, horrifically bloody ways. But that's fine, as long as uh, he's not well, eating pussy.
1: Yeah, and it's like it's like anti-shark sentiment. People kill way, way more sharks than sharks kill people.
0: That's, I mean, that's also true.
1: That's just part of that anti-shark narrative. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the Discovery Channel, which uh, discover no, no, it's National Geographic is um, owned by Disney now. So Ugh. I was going to try to throw like two companies throw out. Marvel under the bus, but look at them. Just shining.
1: Literally two companies okay (laughs) shall we go to our to our final segment to fucking brilliant yep all right so final piece fucking brilliant um this is i mean it is it is with trepidation that i declare this fucking brilliant but it's still like great um so victoria's secret renowned company that for many years just paraded around the the most Specific and narrow definition of beauty mm-hmm. and very actively was trying to market to men mm-hmm. uh, selling what they would refer to as like women's underwear, women's lingerie. And uh, the management said they would never have plus size models. They would never have trans models. Mm-hmm. And they uh, dug their heels in real hard about this and also... We're heavily connected to Jeffrey Epstein and a lot of other the, things. The that people
0: who are in those positions to make those statements, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah so uh, problematic company, and mm-hmm. I had vowed never to buy anything from them again because mm-hmm. it was like you're shitty and, and that you're, sucks. Right.
0: You're doing bad, and, and you like, should feel bad about it.
1: Yeah, we're we're all just gonna go buy from Rihanna now. Yeah, um, and and I, now, yeah, I mean. Quite, quite frankly, that's where I'm a lot of people went. I'm
0: positive that <laughs> that is the main motivation behind this change. It, I think it's great that they like, oh, we, we, we shook up the board and now it's this way and it wasn't that way before and the blah, blah, blah. And we're trying to address our toxic culture that had to be reported on the Times before we ever uh, came out to say we're changing it, blah, 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 blah. But uh, Rihanna started selling draws. For men and women, and uh, they were constantly sold out. And they were like, Why? Who is this black lady? I don't <laughs> Have like. it you not
1: heard Umbrella? Have you not heard Umbrella? It's amazing. No, <laughs> oh,
0: no. I mean, they definitely heard Friday uh, because that was just what they played at the Epstein Ranch. I don't know if that's oh. the tr- truth, but I'm pretty sure when that song came out, the girl was 15, which is where I was going with that.
1: Oh, don't bring Rebecca Black into this. I'm, I'm
0: sorry. She's, I, I,
1: she's a lovely, openly queer lady. I'm sure
0: she had no idea what was <laughs> happening.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is very much the reason that they're doing this. Is So it's an interesting thing because Victoria's Secret has this very interesting position of having remained very dominant in the field, the yeah. next closest... In size for companies is Haynes shout out and yeah shout out and to Haynes
0: they kept me down it's
1: not it's not trying to sell themselves as as the same thing no so it's underwear but they have very different branding right. ideas right. and Victoria's secret despite being pretty dominant was seeing like this really slow death that like was a was a direct result of them being so wildly behind the times Mm -hmm. on like this movement of like body inclusion and you know, like being anti-colorist and like the obvious transphobia of just refusing to have any trans models. So now their model is they're going to hire all of these like bad bitches, including like Priyanka Chopra like uh Megan Rapino, a bunch of athletes and models who come from like a variety of backgrounds and, and body types. Including trans models. Um, yeah. 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 And like size um like size fourteen models, which is just like that is a normal human uh, person. A
0: regular person's body. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's not a crazy thing. That's right. just like
0: mind you, they're all gonna be pretty and they're gonna Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah that's okay. That's fine. I, you know, maybe they don't have to all be pretty. I don't care. I'm not buying the underwear. But no. uh, yeah, so they are trying to make this change from focusing on the male gaze to focusing on women and how they feel sexy and what makes them feel sexy. Uh, because, yeah, putting on clothes is not for somebody else or In my opinion, putting on clothes shouldn't be for someone else unless you want it to be, right? Yeah, you put on the clothes you want. Uh, But that's how it was marketed, and they had such a dominant... Like, it said that they had that Angels fashion show was on Uh, network television for two decades.
1: Yeah, I watched that shit for a while.
0: Yeah, and it was just a very specific body type walking around in G-strings.
1: Yeah, as as a younger person... I watched that with interest in the aesthetics because I really, I mean, obviously, first of all, I'm queer, so I was like, Adriana Lima. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was that, but then there was also like, these wings are fucking cool. This is basically <laughs> like a Broadway show that's a little less corny. Mm. And then they would have really good music. Like I found this one mashup and it's uh, it's Khalees and like this band from the 80s. And I still, to this day, use it in dance classes because it's just like, this is this is great music because they would love like a live DJ right. and they would have what was it like a really high production show mm-hmm. the problem was a lot of the things that I would hear about is like flawless is like the the big compliment which I find horrific because like being without flaws is not a compliment
0: right well <laughs> like it's it, it, yeah I mean it's it, it's a compliment to only the person I guess
1: it's just that you managed to conceal all of your humanity. Good job.
0: Yeah. I, well, it's also a it. way to signal to everyone else that if you do not ascribe to this thing, if you don't see yourself in this, then mm-hmm. the difference is a flaw.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And remember, this is on network television. So we're talking yeah. about white kids in Kansas and the country tends to bend over backwards for how those people feel. So here's a place where they are being told that they aren't enough. Uh, so, you know, shout out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Adriana Lima with her very weird sexual politics.
0: Does she have very weird sexual politics?
1: <laughs> she was interesting, yeah. As a person who, like, and, and I these things can exist, absolutely, but it was just a fascinating thing. Is it for a person who made millions of dollars having her picture in her underwear uh, mm-hmm. She was staunchly Catholic and was not going to have intercourse before marriage. It was a fascinating thing. I was like, is this just like more Britney Spears marketing or is that real? Because like, I, I believe right. you if that's what you say, sure. but also it's like fascinating. Is this just part of the branding?
0: All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm happy you are publicly exercising your agency, but
1: <laughs>
0: one can see some discrepancies in the my body is chased and a temple. Um you can take pictures of the temple but you can't go inside.
1: Yeah.
0: Which, okay. you know, valid. Sure. Yeah. Valid?
1: Yeah. Like I'm, I don't disagree her. It was just fascinating.
0: The the oh man, I can never remember her name, but the girl that plays Molly on Insecure.
1: Oh my god, yeah. Uh yeah. she's a stand-up comic. I watched her special. Yeah. Yeah, her special is pretty good.
0: Yeah. Um she is an avowed virgin uh, uh describing to the old world term of someone who has not had penetrative sex um someone who hasn't and has stuck to that even though her character on the show seems to enjoy the cock so uh yeah that that discrepancy is totally fine you can do that if you want you get no uh anger from me maybe a, a look like a dog who was sleeping and might have heard the word food. Uh, <laughs> huh? It was one of those, but like, nah, yeah, you live your life.
1: Yeah. So I guess on this Victoria's Secret thing, I would say, like, uh, better late than never.
0: Oh, and, and what's important is not just that they got these people to be the new, um, models, spokespeople, they are also, uh,
1: on the commission. Yeah. They
0: they're also advisors to the board. Uh And so they get some say, the article doesn't say what, I'm sure that's some kind of company secret. But uh they they will have a say in who and why and how they market and the, the the image that they are sending. The the yeah the the statements that they are making with their advertising. And yeah, the the article in the New York Times uh, brings up how it's escaping the male gaze. But if you continue to read, it's also about expanding the the female gaze. Like what what does what what does woman mean? What what does it mean? Like I was shocked to read it. But yeah, Victoria's Secret never celebrated Mother's Day because it wasn't sexy. Uh
1: huh. Uh, lactation porn would beg to differ
0: dog I mean son I've been on lactation milk uh, porn since uh, I don't know since I was drinking milk regularly you know what I mean hey look Uh, you know I I just want to see it get used in all the ways it's supposed to Um, but but yeah like you know saying that moms aren't cool and and now they're going to introduce a maternity bra which they had never done before yeah they, uh, they have a pregnant model now. They've never done yeah. that before. So, you know.
1: Which is wild because it's 2021. Right. And it's like amazing that you still have those boundaries. They had two decades <laughs> on
0: television to showcase women yeah. in underwear. And never yeah. did they think, what about if you got to pull a titty out real fast? The year that the Janet Jackson nip slip happened, you could have did that. That shit would have been funny. And people would have bought them bras. Wouldn't even need to be lactating to get them. I just got a new Pearson. Check this out.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: That's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That would have been smart. Uh Well, yeah. I am highly skeptical because it is a company. (laughs) But, like, still, you know, because we are shaped by these things, I just appreciate the idea that... um, they're, they're taking the temperature of the room. Right. And that this is the temperature of the room. Right. I like that.
0: Yeah. And you know, I'm all I'd, for uh, anyone who said I'm never going there again. You know, um, just like with everything, we need diversity in the market. And if you give the wrong people to – if you give anybody too much power, they tend to abuse it to make sure that it can stay that way. So, you know, I am for rank choice voting, and I am for buying yep. underwear – from companies that aren't Victoria's Secret because they're going to be okay, but
1: or just don't buy underwear.
0: I mean, coming out of pandemic, sent uh,
1: when like we learned we don't need bras at all. I mean, unless you just need it because it's the support is it's, necessary the, it's more comfortable comfort to have it means. on, right? <laughs> right.
0: What's actually kind of funny? I'm this is uh, well, <laughs> like this is too personal, but uh, no, I'm actually kind of falling back in love with underwear. Because Ooh, I went, I romance. was I barely ever wore them before, and in the pandemic, I damn sure didn't. But now that I gotta like get dressed to go outside, I'm like, you know what? I'm putting on underwear because I'm going Ooh. outside. Like it's just that, <laughs> it's, it, it's it's fancy. a thing. It's a thing, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, maybe uh, I'll be the first person to get the Victoria's Secret man thong because do it. I've never worn a thong. Just you know,
1: honestly, I if I wear underwear, that's the kind. Sure. Cuz it's practical. I guess. It's tactical, you know? It's
0: It's tactical. It's hard
1: like it's tactical cuz like so many other types of underwear I'm like, "Ugh, it's going to like ride up my butt," but with a thong, it's like it's already, it's there. already there. It's yeah. not going anywhere else. You you lose it is. track of it. And like I have to do a lot of like tactical surreptitious peeing, and you can pull a thong to do side a lot easier. Mm, yeah. Um yeah. there's a lot of practical reasons. It's like boy shorts are the best for like if you're just gonna run around in your underwear, mm-hmm. um, but like for some reason they're not in anymore, and I don't understand that. Oh, I'm a um, big
0: boy short fan. That under baby, like
1: it was so great, and then they Ooh. seem to be so much harder to find now. Yeah, but like you know, uh, yeah, I'm a big proponent of like if you have to wear underwear, thongs, great, very tactical.
0: Sure, and yeah, as it, whatever works for you. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm a I'm a fan of the boxer brief, obviously. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. Um, I'm not. Uh, a lot of underwear that I've bought most recently has not had dick holes in them. And uh, I find it to be incredibly weird. I don't, I don't know who decided that was a thing. Uh,
1: to just not have. Yeah, like that seems like the real big upside of the, underwear that's marketed to men.
0: Right. It's like I need to be able to pull my dick out fast um you know the police are watching uh <laughs> <laughs> these kids i mean these kids get on the school bus fast um,
1: <laughs> i gotta make this OnlyFans content and i have 30 seconds yeah right
0: but but still um yeah anyway enough about my underwear thank you so much <laughs> for, for listening
1: to our branding episode uh,
0: yeah yeah thank you so much for listening uh you're all wonderful can't wait to see you
1: in the fall yeah we will most likely be back in a venue in the fall mm-hmm. stay posted for that um but where can people find out more about you in the meantime daryl
0: they can go to daryl uh you can do that that'd be fun um yeah the uh, dates on there uh shows happening. Uh, I got things in kettles that are cooking and what have you. So uh, that would be the place to find out about him first. Darrellcomedy.com. Right. Or follow me on the internet on uh, Twitter uh, at daryl underscore. Or on uh, Instagram at guess what? daryl underscore.
1: Nice. Yeah. Consistent. That's good. Uh, Dr. I Timmery. have been platform from Sex with Timmery. We're mm. gonna eventually move that de- domain over but WordPress has been making it difficult. So in the meantime drtimmery.com where you can see um, you know, my social media links. You can see the blog which is where I put news links including the stories we talk about here including my upcoming events. Uh, I am doing roughly about once a month a show at Taboo that is a mixture of lightning talks and burlesque so you can, you can come check that out. The next one's going to be June 26th. I believe this episode will come out before that. Mm. So uh, that'll be a Taboo. And also we're having the the Slut Church Summer. So Slutchurch, which is the metal BDSM burlesque troupe, we are not only doing our monthly shows on Zoom, but we are also doing a weekly show at Taboo on Tuesdays. So if you are interested in metal or burlesque or just butts in general, check this out, uh, slutchurch.show on Instagram. Uh, and again, all these links are at dr and I,
0: I've been to uh a number of them, I guess.
1: Yeah. 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 I've been to You've more than
0: one it. slut church. And it's a good time. And I'm not the biggest metal guy in the world.
1: Yeah. I mean, we we also have broad ideas of metal. Like sure. I'm gonna be your like deaf tones and like Rob Zombie and like Lamb of God kind of metal babe, but then we have people who's more like emo, and then we have people whose, you know, idea is, like literally our last show, Renaissance Wire did BTS metal covers, which is a very specific Mm. (laughs) niche (laughs) interpretation people loved it, so yeah, just it's about being in a space with a bunch of people who want to scream on a Tuesday.
0: Yep, you can do it and you can do it every week
1: Yeah so, yeah, um, thanks everybody for listening. And thanks to our editor and producer, Flirt Vonnegut. And uh, we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. And you ain't hanging with the team if you ain't down to fuck.